0: Welcome to Wayne Zion Lutheran Church in Rolmanesel. This is Sunday, March 20th, 2022, the third Sunday in Lent. The message is by Pastor Marvin Robeck. The accompanist is Pete Temple. The lecturer is Pam Ivan. This radio broadcast is given in memory of Harlan Helgins by his family. Visit us on our website at waynezion.org for more information. Thank you for joining us today.
1: Oh, my son. i mm-hmm.
0: Blessed be the Holy Trinity, one God, who forgives all our sin, whose mercy endures forever. Amen. God of all mercy and consolation, come to the help of your people, turning us from our sin to live for you alone. Give us the power of your Holy Spirit that we may confess our sin, receive your forgiveness, and grow into the fullness of Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Let us confess our sin in the presence of God and of one another. Most merciful God, we confess that we are captive to sin and cannot free ourselves. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed, by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ, was given to die for us, and for his sake, God forgives us all our sin. As a called and ordained minister of the Church of Christ and by his authority, I therefore declare to you the entire forgiveness of all your sins. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. Let us pray. Eternal God, your kingdom has broken into our troubled world through the life, death, and resurrection of your Son. Help us to hear your word and obey it and bring your saving love to fruition in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
2: Good morning. Our first reading is from Isaiah, chapter 55, verses one through nine. Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come, buy, and eat. Come, buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Listen carefully to me, and eat what is good, and delight yourselves in rich food. Incline your ear, and come to me. Listen so that you may live. I will make with you an everlasting covenant, my steadfast, sure love for David. See, I made him a witness to the peoples, a leader and a commander for the peoples, See, you shall call nations that you do not know, and nations that you do not know, you shall run to you, because of the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, for he has glorified you. Seek the Lord while he may be found, call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake their way, and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them return to the Lord, that he may have mercy on them. And to our God, for he will abundantly pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than yours, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Word of the Lord. Be to God. We'll read the psalm responsively. O God, you are my God, eagerly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. Therefore I upon you in your holy
1: place, that I may behold your power and your glory.
2: For your steadfast love is better than life itself, my lips shall give you praise. So- My spirit is content as with the richest of foods, and my mouth praises you with joyful lips. For you have been my helper, and under the shadow of your wings I will rejoice. The second reading is from 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 1-13. through 13. I do not want you to be unaware, brothers and sisters, that our ancestors were all under the cloud, and all passed through the sea, and all were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea, and all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink. For they drank from the spiritual rock that followed them, and the rock was Christ. Nevertheless, God was not pleased with most of them, and they were struck down in the wilderness. Now these things occurred as examples for us, so that we may not desire evil as they did. Do not become idolaters, as some of them did, as it is written. The people sat down to eat and drink, and they rose up to play. We must not indulge in sexual immorality, as some of them did and 23,000 fell in a single day. We must not put Christ to the test, as some of them did, and were destroyed by serpents. And do not complain, as some of them did, and were destroyed by the destroyer. These things happened to them to serve as an example, and they were written down to instruct us on whom the ends of the ages have come. So if you think you are standing, watch out that you do not fall. No testing has overtaken you that is not common to everyone. God is faithful, and He will not let you be tested beyond your strength. But with the testing, He will also provide the way out, so that you may be able to endure it. The Word of the Lord.
0: The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke. Glory to you, Lord. At that time, there were some present who told him about the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their sacrifices. Jesus asked them, Do you think that because these Galileans suffered in this way they were worse sinners than all other Galileans? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish as they did. Or those 18 who were killed when the Tower of Siloam fell on them, do you think they were worse offenders than all the others living in Jerusalem? No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did. Then he told this parable. A man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and it came looking for fruit on it and found none. So he said to the gardener, See here, for three years I have come looking for fruit on this fig tree, and still I find none. Cut it down. Why should it be wasting the soil? He replied, Sir, let it alone for one more year, until I dig around it and put manure on it. If it bears fruit next year, well and good. But if not, you can cut it down. The Gospel of the Lord. To you, o Christ. Grace and peace be unto you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So I read the text, the Gospel text, and I listen to the or watch TV or read the newspaper. It seems very similar. We see all the death, the. Dis- People dying in Ukraine, or we see the destruction going on with fires in Texas and all the other kinds of disasters, and wonder what do these people do to deserve this? It's possible to look at today's gospel text in a series of problems. The initial one posed by the crowds, the others posed by Jesus. In dealing with these problems, we can learn something about repentance. First problem, why do bad things happen to ordinary people? They call his attention, the first problem is posed by the people to Jesus. They call his attention to an incident in which Pilate apparently killed some Galileans while they were offering sacrifices to God. Okay, so we have these Galileans killed while they were offering sacrifices to God. This is a problem because it does not fit with a fairly common view of justice and retribution. That view runs something like this. God is a just God who punishes sinners and rewards the righteous. It's much in the Old Testament to support such a view. Corollary to this view is that if one suffers, then one must be guilty of some kind of sin. In John's Gospel, we find the crowd asking the question concerning the man born blind. Who sinned? This man or his parents? This view is also challenged in the Old Testament, most especially in the book of Job, where Job's friends assume that since Job is suffering so badly, he must have committed some kind of sin. The reader, however, knows that Job is innocent. He has done nothing wrong. Job, too, knows this and protests against his suffering. In the situation in our text, we have people engaged in a religious act, apparently, um, who are cut down by Pilate. Why should this happen? Seems to be the unspoken question. They weren't doing anything wrong. Jesus doesn't even bother whether, whether or not there is Innocent as Job, he simply asks if they are worse sinners than other Galileans. To which he answers himself, no. There's no apparent reason why these particular persons should be singled out for suffering. They're not worse than anyone else is. Then Jesus poses a similar situation. This time it involves 18 people in ordinary daily life who are killed when a tower collapses on them. Again, Jesus poses a similar question about whether they are worse offenders than all others living in Jerusalem at that time. No, he says. Surely one could find other people worse than them. Again, there's no reason why these people should be struck down by such a sudden and unexpected death. Jesus doesn't claim that these people were sinless, only that they were no worse than anyone else. They were ordinary people to which bad things unexpectedly happened. By his manner of discussing these incidents, Jesus is calling into question the simple theory of retribution, that in this life God punishes sinners and rewards the righteous. And if that, if one suffers, it must be because one is a sinner. Life isn't that simple. Despite the fact that God is just, our experience of life is not always just. It's important that we understand that when we come to Jesus' own suffering and death. Jesus is innocent of any sin, yet he too suffers and dies. What sense are we to make of that? But Jesus does not get involved in philosophical discussions. Instead, he makes another use of these situations by using them as an opportunity to call everyone to repentance. Unless you repent, you will all perish just as they did, he says. Why does Jesus speak these harsh words of warning to these ordinary people? He does so because he's concerned about yet another problem. The problem of complacency coming from that simple theory of retribution. Even though we see it contradicted in reality all around us, we still often think in categories of simple rewards and punishments. Even though we see evil people prosper and succeed in life, even though we see ordinary people suffer all kinds of problems, when circumstances are going well for us, we still tend to say things like, I must be doing something right. And we still look down our noses at those whose lives seem to be a mess, thinking that if only they knew how to behave and could get their lives in order, then things would go well for them. In other words, if things are going fairly well for us, there's a tendency to feel complacent about ourselves. We, after all, are basically good people, lead decent lives, and since things are going well, we must be doing things rightly, and. There's no need to look very closely at our lives. And if those miserable wretches out there would just get their acts together and do as we do, we wouldn't have all the troubles they are suffering. But Jesus is reminding us that we are all sinners and we are all in need of repentance. If those who suffer are no worse than we are, then we are also no better than they are. And we will all face judgment one day. Well, what do we mean by repentance? Repentance is more than just feeling sorry for what we have done wrong. Repentance is involved a turning toward God. In other words, a change of life, a change of direction, a turning around. John the Baptist puts it this way very early in Luke's Gospel, chapter 3. He says, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits worthy of repentance. Do not begin to say to yourselves, we have Abraham as our ancestor, for I tell you, God is able from these stones to raise up children to Abraham. Even now the axe is laying at the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. John is also lacking complacency. He also calls for a need to bear fruit worthy of repentance. Jesus addressed, addresses that same concern in the parable of the fig tree that's part of our lesson. The problem with the fig tree is it does not bear fruit. <laughs> By this time in its life cycle, a three-year-old tree, it should have been bearing fruit, but it wasn't. Like John the Baptist, the owner wants to cut the tree down. But the gardener intervenes, asking for one more year, during which time he will tend the roots and fertilize it. Only after one more year will the judgment be passed. How about us? Are our lives as Christians bearing fruit? Or are we dried up trees producing nothing but occupying space in the orchard? The Japanese Christian Tohiko Kagawa spoke for many of us when he wrote the following poem. I read in a book that a man called Christ went about doing good. It is very disconcerting to me that I am so easily satisfied with just going about. Do our lives bear fruits worthy of repentance? And if not, what do we do about it? How do we solve the problem of a lack of fruit? If we begin with the fruit, we begin at the wrong end of the tree. You can't solve a problem of lack of fruit by going around hanging good fruit on a bad tree. You can't solve the problem by hanging good works on human lives either. As Richard Jensen says, repentance is not a fruit problem, it's a root problem. It is the root of who we are that is a problem in God's eyes. He goes on to say that repentance cannot be composed of I can statements. I have sinned God, I am sorry, I can do better. Repentance must be composed of I can't statements. I have sinned, God. I am sorry, God. I've tried and tried and tried, but I just don't produce good fruit. I can't seem to do better. I need your gardener to work on the roots of my life. Give me a new life, God. Give me your life. I can't. You can. There is a thirst being expressed here. A thirst not unlike that expressed in the psalm for the day. O God, you are my God, eagerly I seek you, my soul thirsts for you, my flesh faints for you, as in a barren and dry land where there is no water. In our text, there is hope. First lesson reads, Ho, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters, and you that have no money, come buy and eat. Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. In our gospel text, there is a time of grace granted. But during that time, the roots must be tended. Where are our roots sunk? From where do we draw our nourishment? Is it from our good deeds and accomplishments? Is it from our friends and neighbors? Is it from the bar or from television? Or is it from the word of God and the sacraments here in this place? It is good trees that produce good fruit. Only trees with the proper nourishment grow strong, healthy, and productive. Amen. The Apostles' Creed: I believe in God, the Father Almighty, Creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, he descended into heaven. On the third day, he rose again, ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. With the whole people of God in Christ Jesus, let us pray for the church, those in need, and all of God's creation. We pray for the church around the world in all its forms, for pastors, deacons, bishops, chaplains, and mission developers, for church councils, committee chairs, and all lay ministry leaders, for congregations that contemplate difficult decisions about the future of their ministry. Merciful God. For the health of this planet, for the well-being of its creatures, for lands impacted by droughts and at risk of of wild, wildfires for fig trees and vineyards that produce fruit for our nourishment and delight for animal habitats threatened by climate change merciful god peace be upon for an end to the russian government's attacks on ukraine for the security of kyiv for the protection of civilians for solidarity among those who stand for peace Merciful God, our for those called into positions of civic responsibility for judges, attorneys, court administrators, tasked with uncovering truth and delivering justice for activists, community leaders, who cast a vision for a more compassionate and equitable society, Merciful God, our for those who call upon you for mercy, All who live in poverty and experience hunger, for any who feel tested beyond their strength, for those who are hospitalized or near death, for all in need of healing, especially those who remember in our hearts. Merciful God. For the advocacy efforts of this congregation, for those whose faith leads them to speak difficult truths and engage in difficult conversations with policymakers for those who promote mercy over vengeance or retaliation, merciful God receive your prayer. into your hands, O oh gracious God, we commend all for whom we pray, trusting in your mercy through Jesus Christ our Savior The peace of God be with you all. And with Share with one another a sign of peace. May be seated for the offering. Let's pray. Holy God, gracious and merciful, you bring forth food from the earth and nourish your whole creation. Turn our hearts toward those who hunger in any way, that all may know your care and prepare us now to feast on the bread of life, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. up your hearts Let us give thanks to the Lord our God It is indeed right our duty and our joy that we should at all times and in all places give thanks and praise to you, almighty and merciful God, through our Savior, Jesus Christ, whose suffering and death gave salvation to all. You gather your people around the tree of the cross, transforming death into life. For as often as we eat of this bread and drink from this cup, we proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Remembering, therefore, his salutary command, his life-giving passion and death, his glorious resurrection and ascension, and the promise of his coming again. We give thanks to you, O Lord God Almighty, not as we ought, but as we are able. We ask you mercifully to accept our praise and thanksgiving and with your word and Holy Spirit to bless us, your servants, and these your own gifts of bread and wine, so that we and all who share in the body and blood of Christ may be filled with heavenly blessing and grace and receiving the forgiveness of sin may be formed to live as your holy people and be given our inheritance with all your saints. To you, O God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, be all honor and glory in your holy church, now and forever. Amen. Gathered into one by the Holy Spirit, let us pray as Jesus taught us. God, in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. leave us not temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. Ever and ever. Amen. Taste and see that the Lord is good. The body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen you and keep you in his grace. Let us pray. O God, we give thanks that you have set before us this feast the body and blood of your Son. By your Spirit, strengthen us to serve all in need and to give ourselves away as bread for the hungry. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Are there any announcements that need to be...
2: Good morning. Um, I just want to let you know that uh, the fellowship treat donation this morning and next Sunday... We'll be going to um, the Chase Sternhagen family. Chase is a sophomore at UNI, um, who is uh, in need of a a kidney. Ten years ago, about ten years ago, he had a kidney transplant from his mother. That kidney is failing, and he is on the list to get a new kidney. He had to spend his spring break in the hospital, which is not where I I think anyone would want to spend their spring break. Um, If any of you watch the Monticello basketball games, live. Chase was one of the broadcasters. Um, he's a, a dear friend to many of our Wayne Zion youth. And he's just the type of kid that you're glad that your son is friends with. And so I just want to let you know where that donation is going today. And Gary Zumba, do you want to say anything today? I <laughs>
0: in peace. Jesus meets you on the way. Thanks be to God. Liturgy copyright 2021 Augsburg Fortress all rights reserved. Music and lyrics reprinted with permission under one license number A-729734 all rights reserved.